Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, aka FPL Drug. Welcome everybody to our first Sky Fantasy Football podcast of the season, aside from the pre-season pod that we did. I can't believe that we're actually doing this, given last season we were both beginners, but we enjoyed the game so much that um, I think we just thought, you know what, we'll do a dedicated pod to Sky, and people seem to want it on Twitter. We're kind of in group chats, and every, everybody seems to be buzzing about the season, so uh, we thought we'd take a an approach, obviously, with FPL. We do our game with reviews. We look at it game by game. We thought for this, we'll, we'll do the same, but thankfully, obviously, we've got FF Stuff. Um, his website is unbelievable for anybody that doesn't know about it get on there because he covers dream team sky fpl fan team the lot the stats on there are top notch and it's those stats that i think we're going to look at for uh this podcast aren't we james we are um looking forward to getting stuck into it absolutely so um yeah first things first we'll do the game week review then we'll look at kind of how we got on um maybe a little bit about captaincy options for uh the next game week and we'll finish off with some community questions so um first things first james uh brentford two arsenal nil yeah obviously a uh, a bit of a shock um but a very strong performance from brentford uh tears wise mm-hmm. um raya hits mm-hmm. hit safe tier um did, yeah. which i guess isn't too much of a surprise because we did expect obviously a few shots from Arsenal, uh, but save tier one and a clean sheet obviously is a yeah. very very good points return for him in the first game. Big time, yeah, and obviously I was very impressed with Canos. Obviously got got his goal. Um, the very fact that he hit seven tackles was um, surprising, and I mean that's one to keep an eye on. Another very cheap Brentford asset that we could potentially look at. Um, see a lot of us are on uh, even Tony uh, for that captaincy unfortunately he didn't hit a single shot which was a which was a shame but he got the man of the match which uh, is is a debatable topic in Sky as we all know but uh, I wasn't complaining you know to get those three extra points from man of the match you kind of take it when it goes your way and then we can complain about it when it doesn't but for me I thought Canos probably deserved it uh, the reporters on Sky obviously gave him it, and then the reporter that does the match day report kind of followed that and gave Tony it as well. So that was good. You know, it was a nice five point return, ten points for the captaincy. Um, in terms of Arsenal, I think the real standout was if people weren't on Tony, a lot of people went Granite Xhaka, and they were re- rewarded by the fact that he comfortably hit passing tier two. So match Tony in terms of his points output. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think um, there's quite a few, obviously, decent CDMs out there that hit pass and see it fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to a couple more in the next next few games. But, yeah, I mean, that's always going to be there. If Even if Arsenal are underperforming, he, he still should hit that. Exactly. And it's one to consider because I think post-overhaul um, in the current fixtures, Arsenal have two single game days. So if you are wanting to cover that off I think Granit Xhaka is probably one of the only players you'd want to touch in terms of Arsenal assets really yeah all right moving on then and uh 
absolute cracker the start of the uh, the game week. It was Manchester United five, Leeds one. Yeah, what, what a game. I mean, I'm loving looking at this uh, on the graphic. Four little A symbols for four assists for Pogba. <laughs> Um, absolutely outrageous didn't hit any tears but I don't think he really needs to (laughs) he's going to get four assists yeah not with four assists Um, no uh, no actual other than a Mm -hmm. shot tier no real kind of tears going on for Man United Um, so tier two shot tier for Fernandes tier one for Greenwood Um, we know he likes the shot he obviously scored Um, yeah, not much, not much else tier wise. No, I think it was one of those games where you probably wouldn't expect it from United either, because Leeds are obviously the type of team that press, don't give you much time on the ball. I think moving on to you know games when United potentially play the likes of Burnley, or what or Palace, I probably expect their defenders, particularly centre backs. So obviously Maguire and I think Varane has been announced at nine point one in Sky. Um, I think both of them would probably be good for passing bonus. And the likes of, you know, Luke Shaw is maybe an option in terms of assists. Obviously, he got booked in this game. If, if anybody had punted on him, you'd probably look at your, your one-pointer there. It, it, it's it's a tricky one. But, yeah, I think centre-backs for Man United really interest me. And it's something I might be looking at post-overhaul because I genuinely think maybe having one of them could be a good way to go. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good mm-hmm. shout. Um, on on to Leeds. Um, Cooper rather interestingly hit uh, tackle tier two. Yeah, seven with, tackles with seven tackles, um, mm-hmm. which is quite impressive. Obviously, he did get booked and he did concede five goals. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, those tackles which, didn't really make a difference, <laughs> which isn't great. Um, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't expect Leeds to concede five every week, no. but I do expect them to concede. Mm-hmm fairly often um, which does obviously put you off maybe most of their defenders yeah. um, however, however obviously Eiling got his goal yep. um, been a long time coming um, fantastic goal oh, stunning absolutely stunning absolutely fantastic goal um, not too far off of getting um, maybe into that sort of passing tier yeah, so, I mean, he was what seven seven passes off seven of it. So he was unlucky, so, to be fair. And that's that, and that's against Man United. So yeah. maybe there's potential there for for, for Ireland. Well, yeah, quite often last season we'd see Dallas um, hit passing tier. So it's good that there's potentially an alternative there. And obviously Cooper against maybe a team that isn't so attacking. He was on what, 40, 46 passes. Could, could get up there. I think the most surprising tier hit for me was the fact that Rafinha had four tackles and obviously hit tackle tier one. That that took me by surprise when I saw the stats. Um, what didn't take me by surprise was the fact that nobody really hit shot tier. Like, well, nobody did. Uh, Mezier obviously hit saved tier, but Bamford, Rafinha didn't even hit a shot on target. That's not something I expect to continue. And I think last season particularly... You you were regularly seeing those two hit shots here. Um, so maybe post overhaul, or for me and my second team, I've got Rafinha at the moment. I think that maybe over the next couple of games, I'm probably hoping for at least tiers, and if not attacking returns. So I was happy to take the uh, the tackle tier two, but it's not something I expected from him. No, no, a bit yeah. of a surprise. But uh, yeah, as you say, I expect yeah. the sort of the tiers and attacking returns to be. 
increase when they're when they're obviously they're playing a worse team. Yeah, um, Man United are very strong opposition. Exactly. Moving on then to um, the next game, and it was Burnley one, Brighton two, and a game that probably pissed a lot of us off, given I've seen a lot of people on double Brighton defence. Yeah, I know you're uh, on double uh, double Brighton. Webster and Dunk, yeah. Not triple, is it? No, no, just Webster and Dunk. No, yeah. Um, I've, I think I've got Dunk in one team. Um, obviously, hit, pass and tier. Yeah, pass and um, tier two. It's what he does best. It's what he does best, yeah. It's what he loves. <laughs> but um, the clean sheet wasn't there, which maybe we would have hoped for in this fixture. Um. But yeah, um, and obviously Duffy coming in was a bit of a surprise as well. It was, it? yeah, and Duffy hit shot here, which <laughs> was, was yeah, it was amusing. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the most frustrating stat was the fact that uh, I thought Webster, you know, had Burnley not gone ahead so early in the game, Brighton could have played their way, you know, passed it around the back and whatnot. So for Webster to hit fifty passes and three tackles. It's a bit annoying because he's close to hitting at least tier one and both. So that was probably yeah. the most frustrating thing as a Webster runner. Oh yeah, no, I'll be I'll be pretty frustrated too. Whereas looking at the uh, the Burnley team, obviously Loten and Tarkovsky close to hitting tackle tier, but as you'd expect with the Burnley team, none of them getting anywhere near passing tier. So don't expect that at all this season. But Nick Pope, um, bit of a sky legend, I think the season before I started. Um, yeah, popped up with a with four saves, and again, he's one of those goalkeepers that, if Burnley do have single game days, people might be looking to Nick Pope. And uh, again, yeah, quite consistent. He's a good shot stopper, so we'll probably regularly pick up tiers given Burnley are always likely to concede chances. Yep, yep, they are. Mm-hmm. And um, rather surprisingly, uh, I think Jack Court mm-hmm. had less passes than Nick Pope. Yeah. yeah. And he, he had nine passes. Nine passes and... playing eighty-five minutes. Madness, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy when you look at when you look at that kind of front four. Obviously, McNeil, Wood, J. Rod, and then you got Corky kind of in behind. Nine, twelve, eleven, and nine in terms of passes completed is bonkers. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Ah, what were they I mean, doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Adam Lallana played like forty-five minutes for Brighton and probably got about the same amount of passes as about three or four of them. Yeah, I was going to say you, you could you could add three of them up and you hit the twenty-seven passes that Lallana completed in one half. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a team that, in fairness, I don't think a lot of us touched other than Rudiger because not a lot of us could really predict the starting lineup of this Chelsea team. And it was obviously Chelsea three, Crystal Palace nil. Yeah, it's uh, one of those where you want a kind of really nailed on defender or even fullback for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I mean, across the board, pretty much, except for Azpilicueta, who got took off, they all hit passing to quite quite easily as well. I mean, Christensen's up there with 103 passes. Yeah. Which is, I feel like you should get an extra two. That's <laughs> that outrageous. It is, yeah. It's something I noticed a lot last season. Um, like playing it for the first time was Chelsea centre backs and their DMs often comfortably hit passing tier. And a man that I think went relatively unspoken about at the beginning of the season when obviously we were building our squads was Jorginho. And it's because I genuinely didn't expect him to start the season. Had I done so, he is a man that 
you will always go to in Sky if you're looking for a, a way into that Chelsea squad. Comfortably hitting tier two passing and tier two tackles. And he's a guy that does that regularly. And obviously, if he's on the pitch, he may well take pens. So for him to pick up a constant eight points minimum you're looking at, he's, he's a man that I'll probably be looking at when it comes to overhaul, particularly if we need Chelsea coverage. Yeah, I mean, he's cleaned up there. Um, is he still on pens? When Lukaku comes in, I'm not sure. But, oh, yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him on pens if he is, you know, yeah. is on there without him. It is something to keep an eye on, but I yeah. think the tiering system covers that just because oh, of yeah. how good he is. Like, we all know that he runs the roost when it comes to that midfield. We saw him do it for Italy and he does it for Chelsea consistently. As for Crystal yep. Palace, <laughs> I, I don't really even want to talk about them, to be honest, because they burnt me last season. Um, there was a period when they had single game days and I went on like PVA, for instance, didn't hit tackle tiers or passing tiers, didn't keep a clean sheet. It was a waste of money and a waste of time. And honestly, if there's another Crystal Palace single game day, I'm going to skip it because uh, I don't want to go back to the... <laughs> Fair play. I mean, there's not much to talk about for Palace. Um, Gway, the new lad who they actually got from Chelsea, um, hit passing tier. He did, yeah. Passing tier Um, one. Credit to him. And to be fair, I guess this isn't the squad that we're expecting to see post, you know, the Vieira era. Because, for instance, Anderson came on. um, He's a player that they've signed after 57 minutes, made 28 passes. If they can get the starting lineup that he wants and the play the way that they want, then yeah, suddenly players might become an option. But for now, yeah, I need to see Crystal Palace develop before I even consider them in Sky. No, yeah, definitely. I think it was a tough mm-hmm. decision for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on then to a game that I don't think either of us particularly enjoyed. Um, as a Saints fan, it was Everton 3, Southampton 1. Yeah, it wasn't a good game for us. Um, however, in terms of Sky, anyway, the uh, few of our players did hit some tiers. Yep. Um, Carthy got saved tier one. Armstrong got um, shot tier. Obviously scored as yeah. well. Um, one to keep an eye on. Nepo, rather interestingly, got tier two tackles, which is not something I really <laughs> think of no. when I think of Shinepo. No, not at all. Um, but obviously, the, the, the new lad, Livramento, I don't know how well how cheap he is in Sky, I think he's cheap, obviously got tackles here. Yeah, no, he did. I thought Livermento had a, a very good game, to be fair. Um, he's a player that you might want to look at post-overhaul. He's um, looking at it at 6.5 million in Sky. So I think he's a good way to get in, providing that he was consistent for minutes and mm, as a Saints yeah, yeah as a Saints fan the only thing that puts me off is the competition between him and Walker Peters now obviously here in the um, press conference after the game from Hootle, it sounds as though Livro Mental was in there on merit on the basis that he's performed really well in preseason when he's been there impressed in training and he was there to target one-on-one battles against Richarlison and I thought he did particularly well which obviously shows the the, the tackle tier in terms of being nailed every single game in the Premier League though I genuinely think we will see them rotated between the two of them and it would put me off going there 
Yeah, I think so. Um, on the other side, Everton obviously mm. played very well. Yeah. Um, Richarlison getting a goal and an assist. Uh, no tears, but I think that's a decent return for him. Coleman at the back getting tackled here too. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, Coleman owners might be a little bit disappointed that they didn't have a clean sheet, but I think they'll be happy with that. Agreed, yeah. And, and when it comes to Everton, you often see DCL hitting shot here two most of the time. Obviously, this time shot tier one, but he got his goal. So anybody that has gambled on him early on has already reaped the benefits. Leicester, um, Wolves is the next fixture, James. And obviously it was Leicester one, Wolves nil. Yep, Tielemans is someone mm-hmm. I like. Yeah, and, um, very good player. Away, very similar to Jorginho, really, where he's got the uh, sort of passing tier and tackle tier to sewn up. Yep. Um, obviously has the rare potential to get an assist or, or a goal as well, which is just almost that's the bonus, if yeah. you will. Um, but yeah, they're very, very good performance for him. Um, and Soyon Chu comfortably getting a passing tier of 80, 87 passes. Oh yeah. I mean, I think again, that was a common feature last season that centre-backs for Leicester do particularly well. Um, and yes, Soyun Chu is obviously at the forefront of that. So 87 passes on a, a tougher game. You'd maybe look at him for possible ta- uh, tackle tiers. But yeah, if, if you want that constant starting on five points, we speak about that with defenders, you know, the likes of Ruben Diaz, VVD. They're all those kind of players. And I think Soyuncu is kind of up there in terms of if he starts, you're expecting him to start on five points because he's very likely to hit that passing tier. Tielemans, I'm glad you mentioned him. I think he's exceptional and he's brilliant in Sky. I, I gambled on him on one of my teams. And then went Barnes on the other, which was a little bit infuriating. But I've gone Barnes more for the uh, potential attacking returns in these three games. So hopefully in the next two, he can come up with the goods. The man that I think is probably too expensive and not many people would have punted on him. But Jamie Vardy, as usual, got himself a goal. Hit comfortably shot tier two. So yeah, he's always going to be there or thereabouts. And if we need Leicester coverage... He's always going to be part of the conversation. Wolves, on the other hand, um, was quite impressed by their their goalkeeper Saar. I thought he, he played very well, and to be fair, Wolves in general, I thought had a really good game. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, doesn't doesn't really reflect well in terms of the stats for bonus, um, other than the keeper only Hover uh, getting tackled here. Um, but yeah, it's the first game. There's there's potential for them. I mean, a, a new manager's come in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they get on against maybe a sort of a, a weaker team. Um, perhaps yeah, the keeper. I mean, conceding one against Leicester's not it's not it's not it's not terrible. No, no, not at all. And I mean, Wolves had a couple of single game days last season, and people went Patricio. I wouldn't be surprised to see Saar part of that conversation if Wolves do end up with single game days that we have to target because they've brought him in, they clearly trust him. He seemed to be quite a good keeper, obviously. He made four saves. And I think that's the thing for new players in particular of getting your head around in Sky, like you touched on there. It's all well and good having a good performance, but does it really attribute to Sky points? And it's about picking those players that pick up regular bonus 
because if you can start with that it's a good platform to build for your clean sheets your attacking returns but you want to be targeting those kind of players and yeah for me they don't really exist in Wolves other than potentially the goalkeeper exactly. yeah the next game took me by surprise I don't know about you James but Watford 3 Aston Villa 2 yeah a big a big shock for me um, obviously hoping Villa we're going to do well I'm pretty sure I've got Mings in both teams um, which yeah I expected a clean sheet if I'm honest not yeah. not not three goals conceded. Um, Dennis for Watford, um, very good for Sky. Obviously, a goal and assist, and tier two shot tier. Yep. All before all achieved in sixty six minutes. So that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. Um, and he's cheap again, as well. Yeah, he's cheap. I think I'm pretty sure Sars fairly cheap as well. Got a goal. Got shots tier. Um, Sars. Absolutely tore target apart. Oh, we did. <laughs> so much so he got subbed. <laughs> subbed at half time. Oh, dear. Gotta feel sorry for the lad. But yeah, you're, you're right to be fair. Like, when, when I saw that you had Mings in both teams, I did question it tonight. But I think it was a good pick given I didn't expect Villa to concede three, as you say. But he comfortably hit passing tier two. So you, you've already started there on the basis of five points. And he's hit that whilst conceding three goals to a team that were going for them. So, uh, yeah, I think potentially the likes of Mings and Konza, if Villa are going to play that way of the two of them are kind of stalwarts as centre-backs and passing it around to, to get out, they, they could become options. And, you know, like we've already said, if you're looking for the defender in your squad, you want them to be hitting those tiers regularly. Because you have to be starting on that platform. If if you, there's no good picking a centre back, say for for Wolves, for instance, that hits 30, 40 passes a game, compared to a Mings at a similar price, when you're going to be three points behind every single week. So yeah, I think I think it's a good one to look at. And the other one for me that's impressive, um, in the game, and I thought had a very good game was 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 Matty Cash. Obviously made four tackles, got himself tackled tier two. No, no, tackle tier one. Um, and again, relatively well priced. So for Villa at the back, there are options if we need them. However, I think we're expecting more attacking returns from their front three, front four, when they're all fit and firing. So obviously Ings, Watkins, Bailly and um, Buendia, I think are all options. Whether they hit tiers regularly, you'd probably be focused on shot tier. But I think goals and assists are going to be there between them throughout the season. Definitely. Um, moving on to the final game on the Saturday then. And uh, it was Norwich nil, Liverpool 3. Now, I'm almost surprised to see actually uh, some Norwich players actually hitting tiers mm. here. Yeah, same. Uh, especially Cantwell on uh, sort of tackle tier 2. It's not something you really associate him with. Um, but that's worth noting. Um, comfortable performance from Liverpool, as yeah. expected. Obviously, most alive, essential if you want to use the word. Two two assists, a goal. Comfortable, easy to stick your captaincy on him. Yeah, Obviously, exactly. Fair play to those mm-hmm. that that weren't Bruno. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most alive almost matched him there. 
Yeah, uh, I think Salah, there was a debate post the second overhaul last season whether he went for Salah or not. And to be fair, he un- underperformed. But it's great to see him start the season in such red-hot form because it's what we needed. And like you said, a-, a lot of people have gone with him to start the season. We only need him for three games and then we can reassess. We might then not go there. We might spread the funds because the man of the moment and the man that has returned for Liverpool is Virgil van Dijk. And when it comes to VVD, we were unlucky to barely see him last season. But I am told by the likes of, you know, Rob Pick and Korf, who got me into this game alongside, you know, Planet FPL, Van Dyke is a, a stalwart for bonus in this game. And obviously here, comfortably hit tier two passing. Norwich didn't really threaten, so he didn't make a single tackle. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Van Dyke hitting tier two passing and tier two tackles regularly. And we all know what he is like at corners. He's aggressive in the way he tries to attack the ball, can often pick up a goal. So I think post-overhaul, ideally I want to be having Van Dyke and Diaz as two of the, at least the back three that I'm going for. Yeah, definitely. I'm always <laughs> questioning why I've got Alexander-Arnold instead of Van Dyke at the moment, to be I th- honest. I think it's more because we didn't really know that he was going to be starting I mean it became maybe more clear on the Thursday there was a lot of talk about it but a lot of us have gone to say Simicas because he's so cheap in the game and he was unlucky not to hit tier two uh, tier one pass uh, tier one tackles but I think you know the fact that he got a clean sheet it's great for the price that he's at The, the, the player in this game that took me by the most surprise was actually a Norwich player in terms of his sky output and that was Billy Gilmore because obviously Norwich have signed him to kind of strengthen that central midfield. And Billy Gilmore is a player that has always impressed me. And obviously being Scottish, I've I've kept an eye on him. And he got, you know, tier one passing, 66 passes in this game. And that is against a very good Liverpool side. So I wouldn't be surprised, and I'd keep an eye on it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him being the type of player that is maybe a bit like a Granite Xhaka and quite comfortably picks up passing tier in each game because the structure and the way that Norwich maybe approach the game and the way that they maybe try and build through midfield might really suit Billy Gilmore as a sky asset. It'd be a big differential as well. Yeah, big time. I can't see there being many Norwich single game days that you wouldn't want the other team. But yeah, if you wanted a cheap option, then Billy Gilmore is definitely the one. Um, Moving on to the Sunday then. And uh, one hell of a game to kick off. It was Newcastle 2, West Ham 4. Yeah, a lot went on in this game. Um, Banarama Antonio obviously bringing home the returns. Really. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, sensational. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Antonio did a bit of everything, got an assist, missed the game, <laughs> uh, Hit shots here. He did, yeah. Benarama didn't hit any tears, but got a goal and an assist. Um, Suchek did particularly well with the goal, shot tier and tackle tier too. Yeah, good player. Um, very yeah. good player for Sky. Very, very handy because mm. you've kind of got those tiers to fall back on if he doesn't have his kind of goal where he gets a sort of a... It falls to him from a corner or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah very reliable player to have. The other thing I note with the West Ham team is it's interesting to see both fullbacks hitting four tackles. So obviously tackle tier one for the two of them. So that's something to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, yeah, particularly Cresswell mm. as well. Um, obviously scoring in addition to his tier. Very fortunate guy. Um, yeah, very fortunate. <laughs> um, but we yeah we know what he can do. His his delivery as well as he's going to be getting assists. Yeah, and I guess with that Newcastle team, I mean Woodman is there, but unlikely yeah, to keep his going on, is there? Nah, he's very unlikely to keep his place. Um, when the other two come back fit, but he's there as you know if you. <laughs> If anybody went with Woodman to start with, fair play, you know, he's hit saved here, but I don't think anybody would have. The only one that I'd be really interested in would be Callum Wilson, and that's just because he is the focal point of that team. So he is going to be the one that has taken the shots when they come. He obviously got his goal, he hit shot tier one. If you needed a Newcastle player, Callum Wilson is probably the only one I think I'd target out of Newcastle. Yeah, same for me. And then, um, obviously, the final game on the Sunday, and a game that took us all by a surprise, to be honest, it was uh, Spurs 1, Man City 0. Yeah, very uh, very strong performance from Spurs. Um, great game for Son. Sort of uh, playing that Harry Kane role, winning balls. Um, didn't get any tears for Sky, but got his goal, which he took very well. Yeah. And, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be seeing more of that from him. Um, pens if Kane isn't playing. Yep, it's, it's exciting time for Son. Yeah, for sure. In- um, I'll be interested to see how they get on, sort of tiers wise, all the players when they're playing someone that isn't Man City when they have a bit more possession. Yeah, because I think last season Hoiberg quite often every picked game, up tiers. Yeah, every game, yeah. Ex- exactly. So didn't get anywhere near them in this game, but again against that Man City side, um, Son. There was a debate. I think we might even have a question at the end of the pod about whether you do make a move for Son. And I've got my own opinions on that and we'll discuss that later. But yeah, I think Hoiberg, Son, probably two you could target if you needed Spurs. And depending on who seems nailed um, centre-back for, for Spurs and whatnot, might be worth keeping an eye on. But against this City side, it's difficult to, to judge. However, in terms of Sky, I was... Very surprised to see that Man City, basically other than Gundogan, not um, other than Fernandinho, failed to really hit tears. And that is a shock, given Ruben Diaz was probably captained by quite a few people who didn't have Newcastle-West Ham coverage, because the expectation is always there that Diaz will hit um, passing tier two, and then often at least get tackled tier one. He didn't. He only got 52 passes in... I think that is credit to Spurs because the way that they approached the game didn't really allow Man City to build in the way that they do. And when they did, it almost felt pedestrian at times from City because they didn't know how to break Spurs down. And that was surprising. The other thing worthy of note is myself, and I know quite a lot of people on Twitter, have Gundogan as a Man City option. Obviously picked up that shoulder injury. Um, We're not sure of the severity of the injury um, at the time of recording, but we have a decision to make if he is ruled out for a couple of weeks. Um, and again, we, I think, have a question on that at the end of the pod as to options, so it's worth considering. Um, final game of the weekend then, mate. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's no Monday night game. Wait, the hold on. That was the final game. 
I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I'm looking at fixtures and I'm like, wait, there's no Monday. It's because I'm yeah. so used to last season. There you go. We had to cover six <laughs> fucking days in Sky. Sky is going to be a breeze this season with these three games. And I think, looking ahead, we've actually only got three games this weekend and two Sky games the following weekend. So, ideal, mate. Um, moving on then, shall we quickly discuss how we got on in Sky? Yeah. Um, so, Team 1, which I actually think is for a weaker mm-hmm. team, did do worse. It got 108 points. Decent return. Um, did okay. Had Bruno, had Benarama, uh, had Tony, Salah. Sort of did, did a fairly decent job. Two fouls. My captaincy didn't really work out too much on the Sunday. Um, but in my second team, I got 119. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which I was happy with. Yeah, very um, good. So that was made up of the same sorts of players again, Benarama, Bruno Salah, but I've also got sort of Ings in there, uh, Dunk at the back getting five points. Decent. Yeah, pretty pretty happy with that. Yeah, not too bad. I think the whole objective of this first three weeks is to just stick with the pack. In in terms of your overall rank, it's going to look wild at this stage of the season because... It's, it's very long. It's unlike FPL. A lot of people, obviously, you get 40 transfers in a season. Um, you get match day coverage every single day. A lot of people are spunking five transfers already. <laughs> and it's, it's mad. So, honestly, I wouldn't even worry about overall rank until halfway through the season when I think it probably starts to bed out a little bit. And that's when I started to notice my kind of rank, you know, rise last season. Ended up 44th. But it wasn't until probably halfway through when I even got to like 250. So it says a lot. Um, for me, my well, my first team got 124 points. Um, wow. Mainly because I hit captaincy on all three. So obviously Tony did all right. He got himself the man of the match. So it was 10. Um, I then obviously had Salah as captain. And then I had Antonio as captain on the, um, on nice. the Sunday. Very nice. So that was all right. That's the team where I've got double Brighton defence, which annoyed me a little bit. But um, So Yun Chu was in there, and uh, yeah, for him to get 10 points, it was it was quite pleasing. Uh, team 2, to be fair, did, did all right. Um, it was 115 points, so only nine points behind, given I have Danny Ings in there rather than Antonio. So my captaincy uh, on the Sunday was on Ruben Diaz. And see, for him to get two points double to four... Compared to Antonio, I think it was 15, yeah, 15 double to 30. Huge difference. So if I had gone Danny Antonio over Danny Ings in that team, uh, that would have been flying. It's probably looking at 135 points, likely, 138 points. Like it's, it's the small differences in players that you pick. And that's why I think my strategy at the start of the season was I was going for a very similar team, and I've only got three players' difference. Um, between the two because it's those minute 50-50 calls that you kind of want to cover moving on then James to um, the fixtures for game week 2 in terms of captaincy for uh, match day 1 match day 2 and match day 3 it's obviously Saturday, Sunday and Monday who are you thinking? obviously uh, (laughs) match day uh, 1 Mo Salah Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bruno on the on the Sunday, and then Monday it kind of depends who you've got. Really, you've probably only got one West Ham or Leicester player, and then they'll be the one mm. you captain. Um, the ones that appeal to me 
I guess Antonio yep. would appeal to me. Um, Soyuncu even would appeal to me, just just because of the tears. Tielemans again mm. would be a good pick. Yeah, that seems fair. I think you're you're probably right on the Saturday. A lot of us are going to be on Salah. If you don't have Salah, I think a lot of people will probably end up captaining, like say Ruben Diaz, because I'm fully expecting a different Man City performance against Norwich, and that feels like the type of game where Diaz should breeze passing tier two. So, and hopefully a clean sheet, so it's something to target because you could be on a ten pointer there with, with Diaz. Um, on the Sunday, yeah, I probably would wouldn't look past Bruno. If you're not on Bruno, do you maybe make a move to Son, perhaps against Wolves? You know, that's an alternative. And then on the Monday, I've got a debate because in one team I've got Antonio and Barnes. I'll probably go Antonio. And then the other team, I've got Tielemans and Soyuncu. So I think, like you said, I'll probably end up having to go Tielemans just because I think he's more likely to hit the tiers than Shoyunshu would be to hit a clean sheet. So I think that's an option there. We, for the first part of the season, James, we've uh, had quite a few questions in. So um, I've picked four of the best, and uh, I'll throw them at you and see what your opinions are, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. First things first, the mighty Ian Parron. I mean, his spreadsheet is unbelievable. If you're not a, a hub member, um, I mean, I'm getting no affiliation for this whatsoever, but he's the reason I'm a hub member because Ian Parent's Sky Planner is unbelievable. Um, so his question, mate, is has anything happened in game week one that warrants any deviation in game weeks two and three to your original pre-overhaul plan? Very good question. That is a very mm. good question. Um, maybe not for me, but if anyone mm. doesn't own Bruno, and I know a few people did go without him, maybe now's the time to quickly get him back in. Um, especially ahead of Southampton. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but for me, I think maybe... Um, I was going to say um, I should have got Brenner Rama in, but I'm pretty sure I did in both. Um, Good choice. I wish I... Yeah. I'm, He's the one player I wish I had gambled on. I've gone in Sky, I've got no, I've gone in FPL, I've gone in fan team, but in Sky yeah. I kind of overlooked Ben Rama. It's a very good question, mm. but I think as it's gone relatively well for me in both Sky teams, I think I'm quite happy and I don't think I'm going to change anything. That seems fair. For, for me, my intention was to not use any transfers. I'd set up for the three weeks and that was going to be it. The only way that I make a transfer is if Gundawan is confirmed out for this weekend and the following weekend and then I might look to move him on other than that no even if a player was to get injured this weekend I don't think I'd then move them on for a transfer for the final match day because we then get the overhaul after that and I think you probably want to be looking at 15 to 20 points for a transfer I'm unlikely to pick a player that is going to hit that in game week three so I don't think there'll be a point in making an extra, say, six points for a player that I've moved an injured one onto. I just don't think the transfer is worth it. It's far more valuable towards the end of the season. So yeah, unless Gundogan is out, that'll be the only change I make. Second question to mate was from FF Dempsey. It's, what's the plan with the two teams this year, given that not much has been said or done in respect to the cup competition? 
Um, I mean, personally, mine are fairly similar. I think they've got the kind of general same structure. I.e., they have both Salah and Bruno, um, and then you just kind of fill the holes around it. Yeah. Um, I think we're very yeah very similar. I think we've got the same front three in both. Um, so Salah, Ings, and Tony. Nice. Um, but yeah, you just essentially maybe differentiate in that captaincy cover that you've got for the single game day. So maybe one team you might have a Leicester, and then one team I've got like a kind of West Ham to cover that game off. But yeah, for, for myself, they're, they're fairly similar. Um, and I'm kind of pretending the cup doesn't exist because at the moment it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. No, it's same. Like, I think there was a few strategy options to start the season and I went with the one very similar to yourself where there was only three or four changes between the two and there was the 50-50 calls but I've tried generally to cover the captaincy days with the same player because I kind of want to keep the, both the teams ticking along, along around the same ground so as I don't drop one because to have two teams up there it's going to be far more competitive towards the end of the season when you might want to take those 50-50 risks. Um, the whole cup competition things annoyed me a little bit because last season, um, I don't know if anyone you know, that's listening is aware, but I got to the semi-final uh, and then I fucked it. I'd had no transfers left, but I very much used my second team as a cup team. Um, I kind of messaged them on Twitter about this because there was nothing in the rules about the cup and whatnot. And they got back to me saying, it's not in the pipeline at the moment but keep an eye out for, say, mid-season. Now, with the debate that's been going on on Twitter today about, you know, rules and picking captaincies and whatnot, I think the Twitter admins and uh, Sky don't really know the game. Um, and I spoke to <laughs> I spoke to Luke uh, Disable about it and, you know, he's messaged saying, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're clueless. So um, I wouldn't worry too much if you don't get the answer you want from the, the Twitter guys, but that's what they said about the cup. Um, moving on then to Tom SkyFF. So, Gundogan, worth using a transfer on? And if so, who to? I mean, yeah, it would completely depend on his sort of injury status, whether he's going to make the next game or even the following game. Yeah. Um, mm. If he misses more than two, obviously, then yeah, it may make sense to do the move. Yep. However, potentially, I mean, overhaul isn't far away. So perhaps you can, as Matt said, mm. sort of bear it and uh, use that transfer later in the season. Agreed, yeah. But for me, it would also depend on like who you'd be able to bring in. Like If you've got money in the bank, then the transfer is going to be a lot more attractive than if you have to find someone that's the same price. Yeah, 100%. I think it solely depends on if Gundogan is out for both weeks. Because if he's out for both weeks... For me, it is a very easy switch from Gundogan to Jorginho. Jorginho is 8.3, Gundogan's 9.3. So you don't even have to worry about funds for that move. And I think he's probably very likely to pick up um, the tiers in both the Arsenal and Liverpool game. Yes, they're tough games, but I think a player like Jorginho probably thrives in those in those scenarios. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him hit those tiers. Um, however... If you have set up your team and you don't have coverage for the West Ham Leicester game, and I mean, I think Tom is a good Sky player, fully expect he has, but if anybody out there hasn't, 
you probably want to bring in a West Ham or Leicester player given that single game day is on Monday. Who for? Not sure. Tielemans, potentially, like we've spoken about with tiering. Or Ben Rama. I think, you know, he's again a player, like you've said, James, and you've gone with him on both teams. I think he's on fire at the moment. He was on fire in pre-season and he's brought that into the start of the season. So it would not surprise me to see him get another attack and return against Leicester. Final question in from Norman Conquest. And it is, will you be doing the Salah to Son move after Liverpool play their second game for a nice two for one? I won't be considering Kane due to his current circumstances. It's a good question. Um, I don't think I will be. Um, I just it just feels a bit of a backwards step to take Mo Salah out. As good as that, like sort of changing fixtures are for Tottenham, I feel like you're kind of damaging the team if you do that. Yeah, agreed. Um, I understand it because. Like you said, you've got Liverpool against Burnley on the Saturday and then Spurs play Wolves on the Sunday. And then in game week three, Liverpool play Chelsea. Be a tough game. Whereas on the Sunday, Spurs have got Watford. So it is a good two for one. However, the only way I'd make that move is if I was going to captain Son in either of those game days. And for me, I'll be captaining Bruno against Saints when Spurs play Wolves. And when Spurs play Watford, I will be captaining Bruno again against Wolves. So the likelihood is you're probably maybe going to get a goal from Son. But I can't imagine he goes mental in either of the games. Um, and if you do, I think Bruno will match him. So again, at this early stage of the season, I don't think it's worth the transfer personally. But it could pay off. You could find yourself 20, 30 points ahead. I just don't want to risk not having Mo Salah. I think that's uh, all the questions, James, or the ones that are selected. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for um, submitting them. I hope you uh, have enjoyed the pod, and I hope that you'll probably look to submit some more Sky questions, because I don't know about you, mate, but I find the Sky questions more interesting than FPL. Yeah, there's a lot more mm. to it, because you've got, obviously, the fixtures, the captaincies... Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a bit, a bit more nuanced. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sky is very much a game. I think that me and you enjoy because it's all about planning. It's all about strategy, and it's the, it's the kind of game that we both kind of thrive on. FPL is fun, but Sky it really gets you thinking. And I have thoroughly enjoyed the first ever game week Sky Pod. Um, I really hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Uh, what we have to say. If you've got any feedback, feel free to you know give us a DM because. This is the first time that we're doing these Skypods, and if there's things that you might want us to look at or the way that we do it, don't be afraid to, to let us know, and obviously we'll kind of improve for the listener. But I think that is a nice way to end the pod, James. And um, as always with our FPL show, we'll bring it across the sky. It's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>